Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, following up on Dear Mozart. Ah, hello, Mozart. There we go. All right. One of these days I will have that together. It shouldn't take much longer. <clears throat> welcome back to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today I am going to be taking us on a stroll, if you will, through uh, the uh, landmines that you will find in the Democratic and Republican stranglehold on our democracy here in this country. Sad as it may sound, we no longer have the same kind of democracy we once did this is largely due to the fact that we only have two parties that are in many respects, too many respects, I should say, indistinguishable from each other. Indeed, there are differences, and they should be recognized, but there are altogether too many similarities. And one of the most serious similarities is that they are being funded by the same corporate sources. So they are doing the bidding of the same masters. And that leaves the people about which the entire government was originally formed and for whom out in the cold. Now, it's becoming a story that no one wants to speak and no one wants to hear. It's become, in a sense, pathetic that our democracy is so non-democratic that it has become, in many ways, a surveillance police state based on legislation passed in the past 12 or so years and before, but most egregiously during the Bush administration and the current Obama administration. And, you know, because my life is largely about my professional life, etc., the subjects of health and healing and stress reduction, having a healthy lifestyle and the like, it's particularly disconcerting to see our outer spheres of government and the economy wither and diminish in their service to the people. It has the direct psychological impact on our populace. And we are suffering more illnesses, more disease, more setbacks, more early onset diabetes, more obesity, more heart attacks, more cardio problems than ever before. More cancer, more arthritis, more autoimmune issues, and these are symbolically and metaphorically an expression of dis-ease in the body politic and the larger society. And this is the way in which these illnesses get expressed through individuals. And it's because there is so much that is off base in our society. And it is truly time to bring it back to some sense of balance 
And this is why on this particular radio show, we tend to talk about the candidacy of a one Rocky Anderson, Ross Rocky Anderson, solid as a rock, as the website will say, uh, who is running in the Justice Party, which he helped to found, having um, departed from the Democratic Party, which he accused of being way too Republican in its way. And I would agree with him. And Rocky is seeking to bring a sense of proportion and balance and rule of law and humanity to governance. He wants to end the corruption. The corruption has become really virtually no different than what we have so oft accused third world nations of being. Truly, there is little difference. Just the style of the um, corruption might be a little bit. We wire money here. They pay in, you know, dollars or in the local currency in hand or in an envelope. But here it tends to be a faster way through legal means, if unethical. And these are all problems that we have. Now, many people do not know of Rocky Anderson, and this is sad because Rocky Anderson needs to be better known. Um, He is not in the Green Party, though the Green Party has its own merits, as do the other third parties. I would dare say a lot more merits these third parties have than the two dualopolistic uh, current Republican and Democratic parties, which both rule the day, and they have managed to also legally, again, completely unethically and undemocratically, edge the other possible parties out of televised debates, of national fora, of even getting ballot access. That's how tragic it is, what is going on these days. It is tragic. And uh, all the more reason to call for a third-party candidate. I would like, interestingly, to uh, contrast Rocky Anderson, for the sake of you, the audience, with another, what I would consider, pretty leading candidate out in the field, a Republican by definition, uh, Ron Paul, because Ron Paul, among all of the current candidates, is, in my view, the most interesting between the Democratic and the Republican, because he's calling for radical change. I may not agree with everything he has to say, but the things that I do agree with, I agree with heartily. And it will be interesting, perhaps, for you all to hear um, a bit of a checklist between these two candidates. Of these issues, I received an email from the Rocky Anderson uh, uh, Justice Party that compares and contrasts these two. Ron or Rocky, it reads, do you know where they really stand? Know the issues. End the wars? Rocky, a yes. 
and Ron Paul a yes. End of the stranglehold of the military-industrial complex. Rocky Anderson, yes. Ron Paul, yes. Oppose indefinite detention. And that's making specific reference to the NDAA, uh, the National Defense Authorization Act that was passed on New Year's Eve by the present sitting uh, President Obama, which would allow for indefinite detention without trial, no habeas corpus, completely unconstitutional, completely unethical, with no place on the face of the planet. Yet, it now stands as law, until it will be overturned, um, but it stands now. And the way these two candidates feel are both in agreement, opposing indefinite detention. And by the way, contrast that with Obama, who signed it, and Mitt Romney, who is in agreement also with it. You may want to ask yourself the question of what are the differences between Obama and uh, Romney, and uh, you'll have a party looking at that because there's not much difference between them at all. Support Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare. Rocky, yes. Ron Paul, no. Okay, there's an interesting delineation between the two. Elimination of the Environmental Protection Agency. No, says Rocky. Yes, says Ron Paul. Support single-payer health care coverage for all. Yes, says Rocky. No, says Ron Paul. Supports the 1964 Civil Rights Act. That's an interesting reaching back into history. Uh, Rocky Anderson says a resounding yes, and Ron Paul a resounding no. Supports depriving Supreme Court of jurisdiction to decide cases involving marriage equality. Rocky Anderson says no. He would not support depriving the Supreme Court of jurisdiction to decide these matters. And Ron Paul says yes. He would deprive, support depriving the Supreme Court of such jurisdiction. Support government job programs such as WPA of the FDR era and CCC. Rocky says yes. Ron Paul again no. So what you see here in this quick little chart, oh, there are a couple of other items here, supports Federal Aviation Administration. Um, Rocky Anderson says yes, and Ron Paul no, accepts unlimited super PAC money. And to that, uh, Rocky Anderson says no. He will only take up to $100 for his presidential campaign per person. And Ron Paul says yes, and supports campaign finance reform, Rocky says yes, and again Ron Paul says no. So, there are some similarities, there are some points of overlap on some important issues, like foreign policy, about war, about the military industrial complex, and the budgets therein, 
um, opposing indefinite detention. But after that, it's pretty bifurcated. So for more on this, I would direct you to VoteRocky.org and the Justice Party USA.org. And you will find opportunities to volunteer. You will find opportunities to learn more and to question the candidate as well, as all candidates need to be questioned and grilled about how they feel on very important matters that have to do with uh, the governance of our nation and, in many ways, the forward progression of the world itself. So, uh, with that said, I want to just circle back to Rocky Anderson and some of the positions he holds on, I'd say, important issues. One, of course, a leading one, that's also at americaselect.org, where he is one of the leading candidates. He uh, speaks of wealth and income disparity, replacing private interest corruption with public interest solutions. I like that. The challenge, and I'm reading from Rocky's own writing, that can be found on his website. Since the 1970s, real wages have declined for the average American. This has happened while both worker productivity and management compensation have skyrocketed. Although workers have become better at what they do, the benefits have accrued 100% to management and investors. Hence, the ratio of CEO pay compared to average worker pay at 28 to 1 in the early 1970s now stands at between 185 to 1 to up to 325 to 1. Even, I'm going to just parenthetically say, even the disparity of 28 to 1 in my worldview begs examination. Uh, in Michael Moore's film, Capitalism, a love story. He cites and visits a business out on the West Coast where the CEO is on the manufacturing floor and all salaries are on parity. CEO, CFO, COO, C-levels, and the... Uh, worker on the floor are all recognized as a valuable asset to the company but not one more than another and hence wage parity. So even 28 back in the 70s strikes me as huge. Imagine what it would just be 2 to 1 you know instead of 50,000 100,000 is that not plenty of a disparity if there's going to be one at all? So that it's at 185 to 325 now is nauseating, nauseating. Anyway, that's another whole conversation. Returning to Rocky's text here. One of the key reasons for this is the drastic shift in power that has taken place from workers to management 
the ability of manufacturers to shift production facilities abroad to cheaper locations, which really took off with the collapse of the Bretton Woods Agreement in 1971, has meant that management has an overwhelming amount of leverage over workers. Management has been able to ensure that it can keep remuneration for workers stagnant and funnel the benefits of enhanced worker performance solely to themselves and to shareholders. This has entailed a ballooning of consumer debt, quintupling from 1995 to 2005, due to the inability of Americans to fund their lifestyles with declining incomes. This has in turn fueled asset bubbles, such as the housing and stock market bubbles, which have proved so destructive to both the U.S. and the global economies. It has also weakened our ability to grow our way out of the current economic crisis, the main problem being the lack of aggregate demand, which can be traced to an anemic consumer base. Only by strengthening the overwhelming majority of American employees in relation to corporate management can we improve the lot of the American consumer and ensure a more robust economy that will be beneficial for all. Well, that says a lot in a little, does it not? It sure does. Anyway, um, coming back to the subject of our economy, you know, I'd like to make reference to the fact that there is a growing movement of a few things. One is local economies. And I would refer you to the work of David Corton, K-O-R-T-E-N. I have a radio uh, interview with him, not on Blog Talk Radio, but on Progressive Radio Network, where I have my Monday evening show. Well, Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight's time, I should say. Daylight. Uh, and all this information can be found at www.abetterworld.tv. If you were to put in the name David Corton into the search engine there, you will see the radio show I did with him in which he very elegantly states and lays out the idea of building local economies as the answer to a lot of the suffering we currently have in our larger systemic centralized system that requires massive transportation costs and the like. We need to put an end to this kind of thing it's eating us alive. Food, talking about eating, is way better when grown and purchased locally. It empowers and enriches the local farmer. That is a dying profession. Nothing could be sadder than our own bread belt just uh, going to waste. Uh, the bread basket becomes the waste basket, you could say. And... Uh, this is the backbone of the American economy, always has been, but now it's in the hands, unfortunately, of agribusiness, corporatized farming. They don't care a whit about anything but profit. They don't care about the soil. They do monoculture farming, and it is disrupting our gene pool, let alone the uh, interference of Monsanto with Terminator seed and all of their genetically modified organisms. 
but just monoculture alone and using the pesticides, insecticides, and herbicides that they continually do is disrupting the natural flow of life, and we are beginning to pay a price for it. And this has to be reversed. Rocky Anderson happens to be quite um, uh, aware of these issues. Uh, there are interviews of Rocky Anderson also on that same through that same website at BetterWorld.tv, and I would urge you to go to listen in and gather more details about his uh, sentiments about what's going on in the world, what's going on in our own local body politics, federally, nationally, here in the United States. And, gee, we're in trouble, folks. Right here in River City. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Because nature is neglected. Humanity is neglected. Money has been made the god. And money doesn't deserve to be a god. Money can be in service to us when it's managed correctly and our hormones do not get distorted and our own inadequacies don't get compensated for through the, uh, the reckless acquisition of money. And you could look at uh, our Wall Street economy, our entire banking system, as a reckless compensation for feelings of inadequacy, of insecurity, of unworthiness. Unfortunately, there is a psychological underpinning to all that we see. I say unfortunate, not that there is this underpinning, but that this underpinning has had such dire consequences for literally billions of people around the world and for our precious Earth herself. Rocky Anderson, in his candidacy for President of the United States, is really looking to turn this around. I speak of sacred stewardship. I feel that that is our appropriate role as human beings, whether it's in the domain of politics or business, the economy, socially, artistically, in all ways. It is our calling, our duty, our dharma to approach the planet with respect, with compassion, with love, and with great interest. Because what could be more interesting than nature herself and all of her myriad manifestations? And uh, human beings are certainly a curious creature. We could spend a lifetime just studying them, or two, for that matter. So I explore these kinds of topics on a routine basis on my Monday radio show and to some extent right here on Blog Talk Radio. So as a psychotherapist, holistic psychotherapist at that, and um, a stress management consultant as well as an eco-entrepreneur, I have been on this path of bringing forward the ideas of social uh, awareness and sacred stewardship for a long, long time, seeking to use this as the rudder of redirecting and re-evolving, if you will, our humane humanitarian values 
so that no matter what we do, we are first and foremost honoring Mother Earth, life herself, and all of her creation. And that's where humans come in. But first and foremost, we must go to the source. And the source for our local lives in this corner of the universe is Gaia. And I've spoken about this over and over again on the radio shows and the TV show, which is every Tuesday night at 10.30. Also accessible on www.abetterworld.tv. So please come and spend time at that website and explore it. I've also interviewed Dr. Jill Stein of the Green Party, presidential candidate there as well. So there's a lot of fun to be had, a lot of learning to be digested. And at the end of the day, I want to say that opening up the field to third-party candidates whether they win or not, that that be a democratically mandated right, assured right, not a privilege, uh, is so vitally important to a democracy. And at least let's, let's move the conversation to the progressive, the progressive thinker. Because where it stands now, let me put it this way, Republican uh, President Eisenhower would have looked like a flaming liberal if he were running today. That's how far this country has shifted to what is very erroneously but practically called the right. So I'm inviting you to give thought to our entire process to take our political process seriously because you want to take your life seriously. You want to take your health seriously. You want to take your happiness and your love life and your well-being seriously. These are the juicy parts for a human, man, not governance. But if you do not take governance seriously, they will run off with the cash register, as they have done, and they will set the laws for their own self-aggrandizement and their own corporate uh, fulfillment. And that is what's going on. The United States of America has been overtaken. Indeed it has. It's not pretty, and we don't like to think about it. We way prefer denial. But it's time to see that there has been a coup, and it's subtle. It doesn't hit you over the head with a frying pan but just simply allowing the rule of law to be flexed when it comes to our oligarchs, to our corporatists, uh, is just enough in itself to let you know that democracy is not widespread in the land as it once was, but it has been marginalized to protect the wealthy elite, and this is just not acceptable. That's why the candidacy of Rocky Anderson is one to be taken seriously. I would really invite you to come and listen and learn more. He's been touring out on the West Coast. There's a chance to meet him. Uh, go to the website, voterocky.org, 
and the JusticePartyUSA.org. Please make a donation or two and let us know where you stand with the issues Rocky wants to know because he wants to recognize uh, and he also wants to go with the will of the people according to rule of law. So with that said, I want to thank you so much for your precious attention to these vital matters that directly impact all of our health and well-being. And you cannot really talk about health if you're not really looking at the political structure that is making decisions on our behalf via the FDA and the USDA, etc., Department of Health and Human Services, that directly impact our health. Visit us and get on our newsletter at www.abetterworld.tv. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I'll see you next week.